On the resurrection morning when all the dead in Christ shall rise, I'll have a new body. Praise the Lord, I'll have a new life. Weakness raised in power, ready to live in paradise. I'll have a new body. Praise the Lord, I'll have a new life. I'll have a new home. Glory, glory. With the redeemed of God. Never stand. No more pain, there'll be no more strife. Yes, raising the likeness of my sightness. Ready to live in glory. Praise the Lord, I'll have a new life. Youthful and happy I shall be I'll have a new body Praise the Lord, I'll have a new life Glorified with Him forever Death will be lost in victory I'll have a new body Praise the Lord, I'll have a new life I'll have a new home Glory, glory With the redeemed Never stand no more pain, there'll be no more strife. Yes, raising the likeness of my sightness. Ready to live, I'll be glad. Praise the Lord, I'll have a new life. Eternal life. One hallelujah morning when the last trump of God shall sound. Praise the Lord, I'll have a new life, eternal grace, all bursting saints are shouting heavenly beauty all around. I'll have a new body, praise the Lord, I'll have a new life, oh yes, I'll have a new home, glory, glory, with reading the redeemed of God to stand. No more pain, there'll be no more strife. Yes, raising the likeness of my sightness. Ready to live, I'll be glad. I'll have a new body. Praise the Lord, I'll have a new life. Good morning, good evening, wherever you may be. Welcome to the Passion for Christ show. This is your host, Bruce Kessler. And let me tell you, friend, that I'm a follower of a great movement, follower of Jesus Christ. Because you see, in him I found forgiveness, I found joy, I found peace, I found happiness. I am blessed beyond measure, more than I ever deserve. My goal here is very simple, friend, that is to encourage you along the way to help you find your passion in life in Jesus Christ. Upcoming in our study segment, we're going to be talking about the gates of hell shall not prevail. Amen. The gates of hell shall not prevail. But first, a few things along the way. Headline news. Get this. Get this. An appeals court has overturned a legal ruling which banned a Christian school from hosting prayers before a football game. 
In 2015, Cambridge Christian School in Tampa, Florida, was ordered to cease praying over a loudspeaker at the start of its championship game against University Christian School of Jacksonville. As a result of the order, Cambridge launched a lawsuit against the Florida High School Athletic Association. The unanimous decision on Wednesday the U.S. Court of Appeals for the 11th Circuit slapped down the previous ruling by the district court that banned the school from praying, noting that the lower court was too quick to dismiss all of Cambridge Christian's claims out of hand. The law firm representing the school, First Liberty, welcomed the overturning. We are grateful to have won this appeal and look forward to presenting our case on behalf of Cambridge Christian School to District Court. The First Amendment protects the rights of students and teachers as a private Christian school to pray before a football game, especially when both teams are Christian and have a tradition of prayer before games. Uh, so the original incident occurred when both teams showed a desire to declare prayer over the loudspeaker prior to their 2A state championship game at the Citrus Bowl Stadium. The FHSAA, however, rejected that request, and the reasoning was that this was a public facility predominantly paid for by public tax dollars, making the facility off-limits under federal guidelines in precedent court cases. There you go, folks. There you go. And all of this madness, sometimes, well, reason does prevail. Appeals court overturns ban on prayer before Florida high school football games, especially folks when they're private schools and they're both a Christian. Makes you shake your head, doesn't it? Well, now get this, get this. You know how terrible things are in Hong Kong right now. Last week, Alex Chow Tislock, a 22-year-old computer science undergraduate at Hong Kong University of Science and Technology, died from his injuries after he fell from the third floor of a parking garage to the second floor. Chow fell as police were using tear gas fire to disperse the protesters. Protesters are blaming police for his death. Child was part of an anti-government demonstration opposed to an extradition bill. The proposed bill would have allowed the extradition of suspects from Taiwan to other countries such as mainline China. You see, folks, protests in Hong Kong have continued even after this death of this Christian student. And uh, they're becoming increasingly violent, folks. Uh, they're adding javelins, bows, arrows, bricks, patrol bombs as they clash with the police, armed with tear gas, water cannons, live bullets. And just madness, folks. Chaos there in Hong Kong. Christian student dies in Hong Kong amplifying anti-government protests. Folks, we need to pray for that situation. Terrible, awful, complete madness. That's what happens, folks, when liberty is challenged. When liberty is challenged.
Well, now get this, get this. This is some good news in all of this. A well-known NFL quarterback says he learned to have joy during an injury this season and that it made him a better person and helped him grow in his faith. That name, of course, is Jacksonville quarterback Nick Foles. He's scheduled to start this Sunday against the Indianapolis Colts. He's been injured up until this time. You remember Foles won a Super Bowl with the Philadelphia Eagles, signed a four-year contract with the Jaguars in May, but was quickly sidelined when he was hurt. When I felt this thing break in the opening week, I was going into the locker room. I just realized, you know, God, this wasn't exactly what I was thinking when I came to Jacksonville. I think that's the way it is with a lot of us folks who <laughs> wonder why things happen. Bad things happen to good people all the time, folks. We just scratch our head, just like uh, Nick Foles here, quarterback of the Jaguars. He says, obviously, you come here and you want to create a culture and impact people, but at the end of the day, God, if this is the journey you want me to go on, I'm going to glorify you in every action, good or bad. I still can have joy even in injury. People hear that and say it's crazy, but when you believe in Jesus and you go out there and you play, that truly changes your heart. We tend to make this so much about us as human beings. We tend to make it about us as athletes, but it's not about us. It really isn't. And if you make it about yourself, you're probably going to go home at night, lay your head on your pillow and be very alone and very sad then hopefully someday you can find that purpose in your life. Because our purpose in life isn't football, but it's impacting people. There you go, folks. There you go. Wise words from Jaguars quarterback Nick Bowles. I'm going to glorify Christ in the good and the bad. Hallelujah, folks. What a statement. And that's our headline news for this broadcast. And now this day in church history. On this day in 1093, death of St. Margaret, Queen of Scotland, whose faith brought Christianity to many in the nation. On this day in the year 1200, death of St. Hugh of Avalon, this noble-minded bishop of Lincoln, had been beloved by the people because of his kindness to them and his fearless rebuke of wicked authorities. His tomb will become a pilgrim shrine. And on this day in November 1895, Samuel Francis Smith was about to board a train to Boston to fulfill a preaching assignment. Suddenly gasped, threw up his hands, and collapsed and died. Obituaries appeared in newspapers all across the United States. The Baptist preacher was highly regarded as the author of 
one of America's best-known patriotic songs, America. Its last stanza was perhaps its best. Our Father's God, to thee, author of liberty, to thee we sing. Long may our land be bright with freedom's holy light. Protect us by thy might, great God, our King. And on this day, in 2002, a religion law goes into effect in Belarus, forbidding unregistered religious activity. It requires censorship of religious literature, forbids foreign church leadership, and puts tight restrictions on what organizations can be registered. And that's this day in church history. And now we have Name That Bible Character Segment. Here is your clue. I was the king who was encouraged by the queen when I was greatly troubled by writing on the wall. Who am I? Here is your clue one more time. I was the king who was encouraged by the queen when I was greatly troubled by writing on the wall. Who am I? We'll reveal the answer following our study segment. So stay tuned, folks, for that exciting reveal. And our final segment of Name That Bible Character. Now, folks, we have our study for this broadcast. Let's open up our Bibles. Let's get ready, folks. Let's get excited about the Lord Jesus and his powerful, powerful words. Get you a cup of coffee and pull up a seat with me, brothers and sisters and friend and listener. Just... Uh, Whatever it is you like to drink, just get it and take a sip of it like I'm going to sip my cup of coffee right here. Get ready for our study for this broadcast. And uh, let's, uh, let's start out with a prayer. Our great Heavenly Father, we are so thankful for the opportunity to come together in this broadcast to study a short portion of thy word. Help us to grow. Help us to know and love Jesus and become more like him each and every day so that we can have impact and connect and bring some poor soul to Christ. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. The title of this study for this broadcast, friend, is The Gates of Hell Shall Not Prevail. Amen. Glory. Say that with me. Amen. Glory. Hallelujah. We live in a time, folks, where emotions and feelings are given more weight than principle. Emotions are, are more important than wisdom, even. Have you noticed, friend, the Raging chaos in this world in which we live. I mean, 
have you noticed what's going on in our political climate? This, the Some people call it the charade that's going on, or other people may call it the importance of the situation going on in our Congress, the impeachment trial of our president. There's some harsh things, mean things, ugly things that are being said. There's just violence and corruption and power and hate, and lack of decency, lack of respect, and lack of diplomacy, folks. Where is that principle? Have you ever wondered about that? Seems like diplomacy is just thrown right out the window. Who cares about that? When it's all about winning your arguments, winning, it's about winning, it's about how much you can shame somebody. It's all about you. Winning an argument by shouting the loudest is the new norm. And the difference of opinion could lead you in serious trouble if you're not very careful in how you approach it and how you say and how you respond. And all of this makes, makes it seems like that everything is turned upside down and nothing seems to be fair. There's an ill wind that's blowing, folks. It just seems that way. But if you remember under similar dark clouds of uncertainty, facing heated battle against all odds, living in a culture running amok during the Roman Empire, Jesus would utter some powerful words that we need to be reminded of this broadcast. Turn with me, friend, to Matthew chapter 16 and verse 13 through 19. We're going to read those passages. Matthew chapter 16, verse 13 through 19. Verse 13, it says this, And when Jesus came into the district of Caesarea Philippi, he asked his disciples, Who do people say that the Son of Man is? And they said, some say John the Baptist, others say Elijah, and others Jeremiah, or one of the prophets. And he said to them, but who do you say that I am? That's a good question for us today, friend. Who do you say that Jesus is? Just, just a good person? Just a good prophet? Philosopher? Just had good, wise words and sayings? Had a good purpose in life, and we should just follow that. That's all it was to it. Who do you say? Because it matters. It matters who you believe Jesus is. So Simon Peter replies by saying this in verse 16, friend. You are the Christ, the Son of the living God. And that's important, folks. And that's a statement of confession and it's a conviction that needs to reside in every one of you who are listening to this broadcast. Do you believe, friend, that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of the living God? Because that belief is something powerful, demonstrative, has weight, changes lives, has impact. Notice what we find in verse 17. And Jesus answered Peter, 
Blessed are you, Simon Parjona, for flesh and blood has not revealed this to you, but my Father who is in heaven. And I tell you, you are Peter. And on this rock, what is that rock? What's that rock that he's referring back to? It's a symbolism. It's a, it's a it's figurative of speech. It's using something that's physical to apply something spiritual, spiritual truth. And that truth is that great confession that you are the Christ, the Son of the living God. In verse 18, and he says, Jesus says, you are Peter. And on that rock, that confession, that truth, I will build my church. Amen. Glory. Say that with me again, folks. Amen. Glory. Hallelujah. I will build my church. And I like that. Circle that and. And the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. Amen, folks. In verse 19, he says, I will give you, speaking to Peter, the keys of the kingdom of heaven. And whatever you bind on earth shall be bound in heaven. And whatever you loose on earth shall be loosed in heaven. These are the words, powerful words, that we need to be reminded of in this day and age with it seemingly everything is going nuts. Everything is upside down. Nothing seems fair. Seems like an ill wind is blowing. We need to always go back to these passages in Matthew 16, 13 through 19. And here's the reason why, friend. What an amazing, powerful, and informative statement. Now he speaks about that rock. It's the powerful truth that Jesus is the Christ. That He is the Son of God. That He is Lord. That He is King of Kings, folks. And that changes who you are. And he speaks not only of the rock, which is the great confession, but also about the keys. Keys open something. And in this case, it's talking about that spiritual beauty of the good news of bringing salvation to every person. That something that it's opening is salvation. Redemption for all humanity, which is what Peter did in Acts chapter 2 when he began. The day of Pentecost, to preach and deliver the message. So it speaks about the rock, it speaks about the keys. We need to be reminded that the rock is still vastly important, vastly needed, life-changing. Even in this wicked, wicked world in which we live, even in this darkness in which we're living today, the rock is still as powerful as it ever was. And the key that opens salvation, floodgates of grace, preaching of the good news, is still as viable and as important and relevant as it ever was and needed for humanity. And for lost souls. And then he talks about the church. He says I will build my church. What is this building? 
It's not physical. Although I think sometimes the buildings in which we uh, erect kind of makes a problem in and of itself because we come here and we begin to tie in this physical building with the church. And I think we need to be reminded every day that it's not the building, but it's about souls. All who believe that Jesus is Lord in Christ, all those that believe and hear the words of Jesus, all those who believe the power that comes through grace, all who confess, repent, and believe in Jesus' words that we must all be baptized and born again, we are the church. They make up the church. In fact, that's the kingdom. And that's what he talks about in Acts chapter 2 later on. As they ask, men and brethren, what shall we do? And Peter says, repent and be baptized every one of you in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of sins. And you shall receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. And later on, in the, towards the end of that chapter, it says, and the Lord added to the what? Church. The Lord added to the church. Daily, such as should be saved. And then you remember in Colossians. Colossians chapter 1. You remember that powerful statement. That he has delivered us. Chapter 1 verse 13 of Colossians. From the power of darkness. Conveyed us into the what folks. Kingdom of the Son of His love, in whom we have redemption through His blood, forgiveness of sins. Amen. Amen. Revelations 1 verse 6 says that we become kings and priests. Amen. The message, the gates of hell shall not prevail against the church. Repeat that again with me. The gates of hell shall not prevail against the church. Nothing, friend, can hold back the power or cause of Jesus Christ. Not the dead, not the army of darkness, not forces of evil. Nothing worldly, even naturally, will be able to cause the will of God to be hindered. Greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. Amen. His church is made up of souls that are redeemed. And now they are conquerors, saints, citizens, kings, and priests, folks. And we all need to remember, the church is not a building, but made of real people who are flawed, but redeemed by the blood of the Lamb. It is a kingdom movement, a community connected, never stationary, always engaged, forever changing the heart and protecting souls. What greater news is there in this age of uncertainty, pain, and hopelessness? And I pray, friend, that you will relay those powerful truths of Matthew 16, verse 13 and 19 to your family, to your friends. And that's our study. For this broadcast.
And now we have Name That Bible Character Conclusion. Here was your clue. I was the king who was encouraged by the queen when I was greatly troubled by writing on the wall. Who am I? Belshazzar. Belshazzar. Daniel chapter 5, 8 and 9 and verse 10. Then came in all the king's wise men, but they could not read the writing or make known to the king the interpretation thereof. Then was King Belshazzar greatly troubled, and his countenance was changed in him, and the lords were astonished. Now the queen, by reason of the words of the king and his lords, came into the banquet house, and the queen spake and said, O king, live forever. Let not thy thoughts trouble thee, nor let thy countenance be changed. I was the king who was encouraged by the queen when I was greatly troubled by writing on the wall. Who am I? Belshazzar. In name that Bible character. Well, friend, you too can become a follower of Jesus Christ because you see in him you can find forgiveness, peace, joy, happiness, and be blessed beyond measure, more than you ever deserve. And if you'll just come to him, open up your heart, repent, and be baptized, and give your life over to him. Let him be Lord of your life, friend. If you ever come through Norman, Oklahoma, stop by and visit with us at the South Canadian Valley Church of Christ. But if you can't stop by, well, stop by our website, normanchurch.com, normanchurch.com, normanchurch.com. Well, friend, my goal has been simple. That is to encourage you along the way to help you find your passion in life in Jesus Christ. Well, friend, I want to say this. Thank you so much for listening to this broadcast. May God bless you. Praise God. Praise God. Give thanks to the Father in all, in all that you say and do. Well, amen. Amen. Sing glory. Hallelujah. Christ the Lord has died for you. Praise God, give thanks to the Father in all, in all that you say and do. Well, amen, amen, sing glory, hallelujah, Christ the Lord has risen for you. Praise God, praise God, give thanks to the Father in all, in all that you say and do. Well, amen, amen, sing glory, hallelujah, Christ the Lord is living for you. Praise God, give thanks to the Father in all, in all that you say and do. Well, amen, amen, sing glory, hallelujah, Christ the Lord is coming for you. Christ the Lord is coming for you. Christ the Lord is coming for you.